really changed my perspective and really sunk in deep. Just a spiritual support, I think, is incredible. That, to me, is one of the greatest platforms for people to hear the Word of God. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Signs of the Times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, October 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Greg Hilt, and along with Pastor Mark Kirk, our senior pastor at Calvary Knoxville, here to help us understand what is happening in our world today. Is uh, God's Word has already told us that um, all these things that are happening that we're seeing in the world's news we're going to happen at this time, and this is known as the latter days, as Bible prophecy terms it. Pastor Mark, good afternoon. It's so great to be here. Great to have you here. Yeah. Uh, today is um, All Hallows Eve Eve, uh, which is the uh, day before Halloween. Yes. Uh, and we always, of course, give a mention to it because uh, Halloween is is truly a, a satanic holiday. It really yeah. is. Um, even though it's it's fun to dress your kids up. In little costumes, and it's fun to eat candy, and no one disputes that, but it's the, it's all of the underpinnings behind it that are an issue. And so, Pastor Mark, why don't you uh, speak to that a little bit? And I, and, and I do, do you have that article? Yeah, I thought I had it right here. You can read it. If you'd read some of that article, just the headline. Well, I don't, I don't have it with me, okay. but, uh, but, but what's getting on is Disney is now partnering. I think with a company in uh, making Hocus Pocus candy or, or potion Hocus candy. Pocus line, they yes. said. Remember a line? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, they're they're the they're they're making witchcraft and the occult more appealing to kids. Right. Uh, that's the bottom line. So you need to be looking uh, and beware of things if you're a parent. Yeah. For your kids, the things that are out there that look innocent enough. And listen, I and I think you would agree, you probably are the same way. You and I are essentially the same age. We're only a year apart. I mean, remember as a kid, our big thing was, you know, if you got your hands on a Ouija board. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was kind of like the the thing in that day, you know, yeah. and not really understanding, you know, anything behind it. Yeah. Um, but the but the, the evil that's that's really there. Yeah. And I think, Greg, you know, too, we need to emphasize, I think it's good to mention this every year. Sometimes we've done in the past, we've done longer shows. Really. And we've done teachings on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, you know, but, but this is going to be a little bit shorter, but I think it's in, good to continue to encourage the body of Christ, you know, look, we want kids to have candy. You want kids to have fun. There's nothing wrong in dressing up. And I think really in, at the founding of, of Halloween, as far as in America, a lot of it was very innocent, fun type thing, whatever. But it's really progressing darker and darker. And truly the roots of Halloween, if you go back and study the roots of Halloween, they are very dark. I mean, mm-hmm. there's very little redeemable in it other than maybe your kids get some candy. And even then, sometimes somebody slips in a razor blade. So it kind of comes with its own own stuff. But again, just as a reminder as we come to this, it's it's really, I think, important for the church to be saying, look, we need to be raising up the next generation to say this is something that we really shouldn't be a part of. And I know people think, oh, innocent fun, you're going overboard. I want to just, if you're one of those, this is innocent fun going overboard people, I just want to challenge you uh, to really look up the history of it, spend some time thinking about it, and think, is that really something you want to promote for your kids? Um, I believe that uh, we can discern the difference between good and evil as believers, but it's getting more and more uh, blatant in its darkness is another concern about it. I mean, witchcraft is now being accepted normally in our society, and something that maybe wouldn't have been as big of a threat has become more of a threat. So I would just say use wisdom, and, and I think there's other ways we can have fun than getting involved in something that comes with so much darkness connected to it. And, and you, Greg, you mentioned the Ouija board. That was always a fun thing to sneak away with my friends <laughs> yes, and do. Yes. But that is a true connection to the demonic It realm. is. It is. And there's a lot of these rituals that go along with Halloween. Understand this. 
it's it's cloaked in the fun costume candy stuff. I get that, and that part's fun. Yeah. But behind the scenes, there are things that can lure our children in over time that can get them connected to true demonism, and we need to be wise about it. Absolutely. Uh, folks, thanks for listening to our program. If you'd like to listen to Signs of the Times anytime, you can do that by subscribing to any of our podcasts on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can get all those links at our website at thesigns.org, as well as a way to ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. You- God mail. Uh, Pastor Mark, uh, this seems to be a recurring theme um, lately with our listeners, so we know that there's a lot of stir in the world's news with regard to the Antichrist. And, um, and this uh, question is from Lauren, and she says, I wanted to know what you guys thought about the false trinity possibly being revealed right in front of our eyes. With the Pope totally going against biblical truths, could he be the false prophet? And Emmanuel Macron of France positioning himself to lead the world according to some recent articles, could he be the Antichrist? Now, Lauren, we've we've looked for those articles. We can't find them. Um, I did respond to your email, so if you are listening to this, uh, please respond to it and send us links to those articles maybe you're seeing that we're not because we'd certainly like to address those articles. But in terms of the Pope and Emmanuel Macron in general, and we're, we've got an article on him later we'll get to, but Pastor Mark, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, again, you know, whenever it comes to things like the Antichrist and the false prophet, you know, it's it, it, you get really into tenuous areas when you start trying to predict who they are. We just don't know yet. And, and I think the first thing we have to realize is that the first one that's going to be revealed, according to what Revelation tells us, will be the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be revealed before the false prophet. That's the order that it shows in Revelation. First, you see the beast coming up, you know, revealed, and then you see the Antichrist being revealed. You're looking at me like, wait, that's not right. No, I just, <laughs> no, I, I, well, I, 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 I never thought of that in that order only because when I think of Satan mocking right. uh, God. And well, he does to such detail, John the Baptist, you know, paved the way for Jesus. You know, that that's what he was, He his whole point of being was to prepare the way for the Savior. So I'm thinking that the false prophets already on the scene, you know, as, as, as a recognized world leader in the religious sector, pointing people to this guy who might now recently have come on the scene and saying he's the guy that we need to follow. Well, and again, I want to be careful when it comes prophetically, because again, when you come to prophecy, remember God's outside of time, and sometimes he doesn't always speak chronologically. But there is a chronological order in in Revelation 13 to the Antichrist being first and then rising up the false prophet. And that is when you read chapter 13, it says, at first I stood on the sand of the sea, chapter 13, verse 1, I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And it goes on talking about the blasphemy and his power was given to him and he was given a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies. Then you get over after him, verse 11, then I saw another beast coming up out of the sea and two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. There's your false prophet. He looked like a lamb, but he had the voice of a dragon. So in, in 13, it gives the chronological order to the revealing of the Antichrist first, then the false prophet. But could we be wrong on that? Could it be that maybe God's not doing it chronologically here? I would be open to that just because sometimes prophecy-wise, God doesn't speak chronologically. I don't know. But if I'm reading it just chronologically out of Romans, uh, Revelation 13, the Antichrist is the first one revealed. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said... Um, you know, there's not even a candidate right now on the world stage. I believe the Antichrist is alive. I believe that because of what I'm watching happening in the world. Matter of fact, I think you can see the spirit of Antichrist working in the world scene right now in the political world, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't. He's not here yet. And we have to see this conglomeration first of these 10 regions or 10 kingdoms come together out of Europe. Then we see this little horn come up out of the middle of it and just take over. Kind of this unknown that pops up out of nowhere and takes over. He comes on the scene, riding the beast here, thirteen chapter 13, verse 1, this overall ruler. Then you see this false prophet rise up. Now, I think where you're talking about, Greg, I would agree with. I think the position of the false prophet is already in place. I just don't know if the false prophet is there yet. Um, and he might be. Maybe he's the current you know, pope. We talked about that. But the position is there. It's, I believe it's the position of pope. And the reason I say that, yeah. it's a worldwide authority in a religious it's, sense, the largest worldwide authority figure. It's the uh, only religion. one. Yeah. So I do believe that is going to be. I think the Antichrist will come through the position of the pope. 
Whether or not this current pope is it or not, I don't know. But I do know, as old as he is, he would have to live long enough to see this conglomeration form. Then the Antichrist rise up from the middle of it, take over, and then he'd begin to point eyes to the Antichrist. I think he's fairly young as far as popes go at this point. How old is he? Do you, um, you know, I don't know yeah. uh, off the top of my head, but I, I mean, he's not old, old. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he wasn't as old as Benedict, I don't think. Yeah. Well, um, anyway. Yeah. So, so again, with that said, it's it's really hard to say, okay, this if you start trying to predict who the pope is, and who the exactly the false prophet? I think you could run into some trouble there because I just don't think we're I just don't think we're in a place we can really make that uh, prediction. And some people believe we won't even have that chance that we'll be gone before the Antichrist will be revealed. There are some that believe it's possible he could be revealed right before the rapture and then we're taken out of here. I don't know exactly what the timing will be. Yeah. So I won't emphatically say that we could never know who it is, but I know this. We when he signs that treaty, we're out of here. Either at that instant or yeah. right before that, because that starts that seven year clock, Greg, right. that goes into the Great Tribulation. I, I wish I could remember the details there in Catholicism, uh, and and if you're uh, have a Catholic background you might know as far as the stations go. Uh, when it comes to the papacy, um, but according to, I think, Catholic historians or people that follow Catholicism, um, well, first of all, there's there's a couple of things to take note of. Um, Benedict's resignation was the first resignation of a pope ever right? in the Catholic Church. Usually, if you take the office of the papacy, you die in that position. So, which was that, weird. It, so that that's one issue. And he yeah. and, and, and when he was asked why he did that, he said the spirit told him. Uh, you could, so you just got to wonder what spirit that was. Yeah. Second of all, according to and again, I I wish I had the details on this, but according to those that follow Catholicism and especially the just the history of of the papacy and and, and understanding that that they're saying that that Francis is the last pope. Right. And that's coming from the Catholic side of things. Yeah. Uh, Francis's actions in his words um, are totally, as Lauren had pointed out in her uh, email, uh, totally contrary or oblivious to the Bible. Um, and he's, he's not promoting Jesus Christ. He's not talking about salvation. He's, he, he's talking about Everything the world wants to hear in terms of social justice and equality right. and and in globalism, tearing down borders. It, it basically he for if, if any if Francis is not the false prophet, right. Francis is definitely if he's not preparing the way for the false prophet, let me put it this way, he's at least preparing the way for a one world order. He is Absolutely. he is he is laying the groundwork, he is out there marketing. Right. For a one-world order, a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world society in general where we're all as one. Yeah. And there's part of it that sounds good on the surface. But anyway, so... Well, he's 84. He, okay, so he's... Really? He's 84. Boy, he's, he's a young-looking 84. Yeah, he's 84 years old. That doesn't mean he's about to die soon. Some no. of these guys, he could live to be 100 years old, but he's 84. Well, let's put it this way. If, if he's prophetically the false prophet, he will supernaturally be sustained in that body to accomplish uh, the will of of prophecy as it's laid out in God's word. Uh, So let's put it this way. I'm 99%. I'm just, this is just me speaking. I'm 99% sure the Pope is the guy. Yeah. uh, Just based on everything I heard. But if he's not, like you said, it's going to be someone in that place. It is going to be in that position because the Pope is the only religious leader that is recognized in that world's religion in matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the Pope is recognized just in the world period. You don't even have to be Catholic. Right. When there's something that happens about the Pope, if the Pope comes to visit, if the Pope dies, we're going to elect a new Pope. The Pope's in the Pope mobile. Whatever the case may be, the news goes crazy for it. Right. They do. The, and so that just kind of tells you another aspect of the effect that, that the office of the Pope has on the world, Absolutely. even though the world's not necessarily Catholic. Absolutely. And so, and I do think that either way, this whoever the, it is, he's going to be pointing to the Antichrist when he comes on the scene. But I guess to, to get back to that question more directly, there's just no way we can know who the Pope is. With and 100% certainty. I mean, who, yeah, who the Antichrist, the false prophet is. And, and you want to be careful chasing that down too much. It's, it's kind of interesting to think about from time to time. But again, 
again, it can really get you sidetracked because you're focusing on the wrong thing and, and just get you off you know yeah. off course and all. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lauren, thank you for your question. And, of course, if you've got a question like Lauren, just visit our website at thescience.org and click Questions, and you can find out all the ways that you can send us your prophecy question to Pastor Mark. All right, uh, before we get into articles, Pastor Mark, it's a this just, this just in, <laughs> kind of, but yet kind of not, because we're going to talk about a tweet that former Vice President Joe Biden made last year that is now resurfacing on its anniversary, especially, as we're looking at candidate Biden right. in the candidacy for the presidency of the United States. And this is mind-blowing. Yeah. This is going to tickle the ears of every conspiracy theorist that's out there that listens to our program. Yeah. And we are not about black helicopters and tinfoil hats, but boy, we cannot ignore this yeah it really is quite amazing greg and i and i want to back up even before i before i get into this article i want to remind our listeners again you remember when president trump ran the first time out of the blue and long before anybody even heard anything about or talked about it i I remember watching hillary clinton at some speech she was doing um and she came out and just all sudden made accusations about a connection with russia and president trump and it made no sense it was so it was so like out of the blue and out of the ordinary at that time. This is before anybody was talking about it. Okay, this is the very first mention of President Trump and Russia. There was no conversation whatsoever. She all of a sudden brought this up in a speech and before the election, and President Trump has relations with Russia and is connected to Russia, and somehow I believe he's linked to Russia, and she's doing this Russia thing. And I remember just going, what in the world? Where did that come out of left field? A couple months later, this dossier gets released. All these things happen where suddenly the president is accused of colluding with Russia. And we find out now that she did it. She's the one that actually paid for this uh, disinformation. It was a dossier. It's now been shown. She actually had that created. She released it, and she tried to make up this fake story to keep the president from getting elected. Then if he got elected, to get him out of office. And, of course, we had the whole impeachment yes. and all that. Oh, so my that, word, yes. It, again, pretty much all that's been pretty much exposed now to be a lie and, and false and all this stuff. So we know that. But... Something now, Greg, has happened in the same way right before the election, but this time with Joe Biden. And this is something that came out five days ago. I just found out about it today. It is legitimate. This is from the Washington Post, by the way. And you can go go online and see this is legitimate. Joe Biden, months, this is back in October of last year, Months, a year now out, months before anybody knew anything about a pandemic. The first pandemic we knew was here in America was in March. What, late February, March? Some people think it may have been as early as January. It wasn't even being talked about until December and then January. And we didn't even know it was here until we got in the new year. And this is absolutely just like the Russia thing before anybody knew anything. And Hillary Clinton mentioned it. Greg, this happened in October just before the world knew anything about this. And listen what Joe Biden tweeted. This is from October 25th, uh, 2019. It's just so out of the blue. You'll get what I mean when I read it. He says this, and I quote, We are not prepared for a pandemic. What? Where in the world did the word pandemic come from? The, Greg, listen. The last pandemic we had in the world was 102 years ago in 1918, the Spanish flu. Now, after 102 years, out of the blue, Two to three months before this thing's released and revealed, Joe Biden says, we're not prepared for a pandemic. Trump, and I'm going to continue reading. Trump has rolled back progress that President Obama and I made to strengthen global health security. We need leadership that builds public trust, focuses on real threats, and mobilizes the world to stop outbreaks before they reach our shores. There is no way this was a lucky guess. There's no way that Joe Biden is a prophet. Joe Biden knew about this. But somebody profited. Somebody, Greg, somebody told Joe Biden this was about to be released. We now know that China released it. It came out of a lab in Wuhan, which does biological type things, biological warfare. If, If they had wanted, they could have released something that would have wiped out the world population. But instead, they released something that only affects the older and the weaker in certain areas. So the numbers would be limited. 
but it could be used huge politically worldwide, not just in the presidential election coming up, and China hates President Trump, but Greg, also in introducing oppression and control on the world's population in a planned event. I said this before the show started, and I'm going to say it now. I believe that it's a real pandemic, but more than that, I'm starting to believe now it's a pandemic because this is something that there's no way he could have known. This is so out of the blue. It's like It's like me saying... You know, the last earthquake that destroyed all the buildings in Knoxville, we're, or, or say this, we're not ready for an earthquake that's going to destroy <laughs> yeah. the city-county building in Knoxville. And then two months later, an earthquake happens and destroys the city-county building. How could I know that? I mean, I mean now in that case, you almost had to be God showing you prophetically if it's an earthquake. But, Greg, I mean, it almost seems undeniable that he knew something. And if the world leaders, and I think this is a much larger satanic thing we have going on here to, to bring the world, the, the world's leaders are being used to bring the world together. President Trump is in the way. He's blocking that move forward. So the world leaders together want President Trump removed. I don't find it coincidental that the weekend of the election, Europe closes down again for pandemics. Yeah, but Mark, the numbers went up. I'm not saying the numbers didn't go up. I'm not denying the pandemic. I'm not saying the pandemic's not real. I'm saying this looks more like a pandemic that's being used for political reasons that very possibly it would appear. I mean, I, all I can say is, how did he know about this? And and how did he get prepared for it so that it can now be used in the election saying, look, we warned about this. The president didn't have us ready. It, some things, Greg, are so obvious that you, you, know, you, you want to steer away from conspiracy theories, but I just can't ignore this. This is too... This is too out of the blue and just right there in your face. One of the one of the accusations I've heard regarding this is that the this began in the Obama administration and millions of dollars were paid to some entity in Wuhan to to do this. And so I I, I so I don't know if that means I, I don't know if that means that this was in case of like 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 a like a like a uh, fire extinguisher you know be in the in the box that says in case of emergency break glass yeah. you know so like in case if trump wins yeah. you know spread the virus or if this if the virus would have happened if this was a planned thing if it would have happened anyway to achieve the ultimate goal because yeah. the ultimate goal isn't about a, a, a Republican or a Democratic Party winning a U.S. nomination because right. this pandemic is global. Prophecy is global. The need to control the world and make a one world everything is on a global scale. Yeah. So I could see, I could see if if that is how prophecy would play out that a that a virus would be used to bring about that control. I think that was going to happen at some point anyway, regardless of who's in office. Very possibly. And I think let's just pull this up for a higher view because yes. I want to get a higher view out of this. I don't want this to be a thing about candidates and political parties. Exactly. Yeah. This is worldwide satanic. I believe this is the move of the Antichrist. I think it's the move of, sa of Satan, really, prepping and preparing the world to control the world, to put the world under oppression, to get systems in place to where we can be controlled, to get the world in such fear that everybody needs to take a mark on their hand or their forehead so they can be able to know if they've had a vaccine, hadn't had a vaccine, be kept up with, be scanned, whatever. This is the prep work for the Antichrist. So I believe this is much larger than any candidate. However, with that said, the larger picture is satanic. It is the Antichrist maybe even moving behind the scenes. Sometimes I wonder if this guy's not sitting in on world meetings and wouldn't know who he is yet. And he's going, hey, guys, did you think about this? And somebody going, you're a genius. He's the floor runner. You're a genius. I mean, I wonder. I wonder because, again, um, you know, yeah. he's, I think he's going to be young. I personally yeah. believe he's going to be 30 when he comes on the scene because he's imitating Jesus. And yeah. Jesus was 30. Yeah. I, that's not Bible. Okay, that's not right. biblical. But I think that because of the way he imitates and mocks. Exactly. Yeah. But here's the bottom line. The larger picture, this is satanic. It's worldwide preparation for the control of the Antichrist and convincing everyone we've got to take a mark or we're not going to be able to monitor, keep safe, watch yeah. vaccines, etc. Now, yeah. with that said, yes. at the same time, now come down to an earthly level, it would appear somebody told Joe Biden. I mean, I, I don't think that out of the blue... You would just say we're not ready for a pandemic. That is the most bizarre. Again, Greg, it's just bizarre. Yeah. No, he he had to have known. Somebody told him something. Yeah. And it happened months before any of the rest of us knew. And I don't know what's going on. All I know is I, I know that Satan is working behind the scenes. I know President Trump is in the way to what the Antichrist plan is. I don't know if God's going to continue to restrain the evil one he talks about in Second Thessalonians. 
I believe if God's going to restrain the evil one, you'll see President Trump win again. I believe if God's ready to let this go, you'll see Joe Biden win. And I'm not saying that either of them are godly. That's not my point. One of them is ready to unite the world in a one world union the way the Antichrist likes. And that's Joe Biden. Yeah. President Trump is not ready to do that and is fighting with everything he's got. He's the one building walls. Again, he's the one stopping all this and saying America first. So when you look at the worldwide scene, the worldwide picture, President Trump is the one that's in the way. I believe, again, I know eventually the whole Russia thing came out and it was shown that it was from Hillary Clinton. and She hired this company and they did the dossier. Now we know all that happened now that we're four years down the road from that. Really, she did it beforehand. So, uh, again, a little over four, right around four years now at this point. But the bottom line is whether or not we'll ever know for sure whether he gets elected or not, if Joe Biden gets elected or not, whether we'll ever know how he knew this, I don't know. Um, but this is very, 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 very uh, interesting and I just, I just think there's something larger going on here, guys. And I, and I attribute it to the enemy. I don't attribute it to politi- politicians. They're being used. This is demonic. Yeah. And this is much larger than mankind. But it just shows me the world is being prepped, Greg, and yeah. we're being put in place for the Antichrist. First John five nineteen. Can you pull that scripture verse? Up, yeah, Pastor? sure. Because I sure. know that um, you, being a pastor, have a Bible at the ready. Yes, I do. And here and, it is, five nineteen. Okay. Why don't, ready? You, why don't you read that for yes, us? Yes, and we know. Uh, that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So it really doesn't matter. You know, if, if you're if you're not in Christ, you're under the sway of the enemy. It doesn't matter what your party affiliation is. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. So you, we're, we're seeing, you know, anyone that's usable be used. Yeah. And especially those people that are in positions of power that have money and resources to make those things happen. I got to add something real quick. Okay, you go ahead. Okay. Because I just saw the look on your face. Because, like you, just you know got... the famous October surprise? That you said that Trump was going to do. Well, hang on. The, okay. A year ago in October, it gave a whole year for this to get in, but it's interesting to me, it was a year ago in October that Joe Biden said this. Yes. Okay. It was in last October, right before the election, is when Hillary Clinton, the first one to bring up about Russia and President Trump, and it says everybody ignored her and didn't listen to her, and then she released the dossier right before the election. She waited for this October surprise, and it didn't work, and then they tried to bring it to pass afterwards. I was, that's just interesting to me. They both were, they yeah. both were released in October. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Well, I'll just put it this way. When we look at 2020, in it's maybe too early to summarize the year run (laughs) but to me the word of the year isn't COVID 19 it's not coronavirus it's not trump it's not biden it's not it's one word it's fear yeah 2020 is the year of fear yeah and if you don't understand how fear can be used to control the world to me from a prophetic standpoint that has been an eye-opener for me because as we sit here and we talk about prophecy every week, I, I never imagined fear being really the, the tool of, of choice yeah. to really bring about the, all of these prophecies coming closer and closer together to fruition. Yeah, because fear, again, Greg, the, the maintaining of life is one of the greatest drives that mankind has. And Satan knows that. And now, real quick, before we're out of time, this is what Satan used with Job. Remember when God said, have you considered my servant Job? He knew exactly what he thought would move Job and does move most people. But with Job, it didn't work. First, he took away his economy. That didn't yeah. work. But then when he said this, when that didn't work, Satan said again, hey, I mean, God said again, hey, have you considered my servant Job? He holds fast to his integrity. And Satan answered and said to the Lord in, in Job chapter 2. So Satan answered and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. In other words, maintaining life is so important to mankind. When that fear comes upon him, he will do anything that I want. You watch God. Now, he wasn't able to do it with Job because Job had made his allegiance to God Almighty, and he can't do it to believers because he can't make us do that either. However, for the world who doesn't know God, when Satan comes in and brings in fear, threatens your life, skin for skin, you know what? The world's going to be willing to say, I'll take a mark. I'll take yeah. a shot. I'll do whatever. I'll be. I'll wear a mask. I'll be under oppression. I just, just let me live. And we're watching the spirit yeah. of Antichrist and the spirit of Satan work. And God says to the believer, I have not given you a spirit of fear, yeah. but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's right. So Christian, if you've got fear in your heart, that is not from God. That's right. 
All right. Uh, normalization ties. Another country is up next to want to forge ties with Israel. We'll see if that happens, plus other articles of interest as Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville The Bible tells us not to wear ourselves out working day and night to gain wealth or to put our trust in riches But why? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown Today, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett reminds us what Texas oil men learned in the 80s that wealth without warning can sprout wings and simply fly away Not too long ago, I was in Houston, Texas Uh, doing a conference with professional athletes. And if you live in Houston, Texas, and the oil business happened to be at the pits as it was in that particular time, you understand why you bother about money because everybody's got problems. A friend of mine told me a story that I thought was really good. He said this woman was sitting on a park bench in Houston, and she heard somebody say to her, Lady, lady. And she looked around and didn't see anybody. And, And it said, Lady. And she looked down, and here's a big bullfrog sitting on the bench next to her, and he was talking to her. He said, lady, I want to tell you, I'm a magical frog. I used to be a Texas oil man, but I got turned into a frog. But if you would kiss me, I'll turn back into a Texas oil man. Well, she grabbed the frog, stuffed him in, his pur- in her purse, and she took off running across the park. And as she was running, the frog kept saying, yeah, wait, lady, wait, lady, let's talk about it. And so she stopped again, pulled the frog out, and looked him in the face. He said, lady, I told you if you would kiss me, I would turn into a Texas oil man. She said, you must think I'm nuts. I know what a talking frog is worth. Who knows what a Texas oilman is worth these days? <laughs> well, credit card debt can keep us from flourishing. And if you're struggling, I highly recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. As believers, you're going to face trials and tribulations. You're going to face the attacks of the enemy. It would be easy to say that there is a target on your back. If you don't believe me, next time you're near a mirror, check it out. You'll see it. There's a spiritual target on your back. If you're a spiritual leader, there, the target seems to be much bigger depending upon the type of influence you might have with people. As a parent, there's a target. As a friend, there's a target. As a business owner, there's a target. As a believer, just a follower of Jesus, there's a target that the enemy seems to shoot at constantly, constantly, continually, especially where there's progress being made. Go deeper in your love relationship with Jesus as you visit edtaylor.org. Again, we're at edtaylor.org. You've been listening to A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, October 30th, 2020. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hill. Thanks for staying with us for the next hour, or the next half hour, I should say. We were already a half hour into episode 147 that you can listen to anytime on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher, any of those podcast sources. we got a lot of podcast listeners, and we thank you folks for uh, subscribing and taking the time to listen to our program. All right, let's go to Israel for a couple of articles here, Pastor Mark. The first one is from Israel365news.com, dated October 26th. Oman may be the next country in line to forge ties with Israel. Yeah, this is amazing to watch what's happening here with the, the all the Arab nations now lining up with Israel because we know eventually they'll all turn against them. But remember, the Bible says in the last days, everyone will say peace and safety and then sudden destruction. So it's going to look like, oh, it's all getting better. Oh, everybody's getting along. Oh, the world's uniting. Oh, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not going to be uh, what's going to 
to happen uh, by the time uh, all the stuff begins to kick in in the Great Tribulation. Uh, the article, until last year, Sudan was one of the most hostile nations to Israel. They still are, actually. This is just because they don't want to be called a terrorist nation and they want the economic benefit. Exactly. That's Says, all for the money. Yes. But this weekend, it became the third Arab or Muslim state in the space of three months to agree to normalize ties with the Jewish state. Officials in Washington expressed confidence that others will not follow in its wake with Oman when they cited as the most uh, with Oman the most likely to come next. Prime Minister Netanyahu today updated the cabinet on the latest developments in these new relations between Jerusalem and Khartoum. Um, and Richard J. Schmierer, the former ambassador to Oman, he's a real cartoon character, uh, seemed optimistic, telling I-24 News, I do believe that the sentiment in Oman and among Omani leaders would be to establish normalized relations with Israel. Oman actually did go down that path some time ago, which was disrupted by subsequent events. So I do anticipate that it will happen now, again. This is amazing because we mentioned last week, remember, Sudan is one of those nations that's going to be leading with Russia and Iran on the attack of Israel. But what better way to trick your enemy and get them to let down their guard than to say, I will be your friend. I am your pal. Don't worry. And then you turn on them when it's too late. Of course, God's going to defend Israel, but Sudan Sudan's going to do it. And by the way, this is not in our stack, but I'll mention it because it's pertinent to hear. There was just an agreement, either today or yesterday, in Libya. They've been having a civil war since uh, Gaddafi died, many years now. They just, all the factions came together and have pronounced a peace agreement, or they've come back together as one nation. Now, get this, they need to be a unified nation to join into the battle that goes with Israel. Yes. I mean, it goes against Israel, Israel with all the other nations, because they would have been too scattered otherwise. So now we've seen that peace fall back in place, and all the pieces are ready, Greg. It just depends on the timing. Yep. All right, Pastor Mark, our next article, I'm I'm going to reference another article because I'm going to need your explanation for this. Okay. Um, And so will our listeners that have been listening. Now, this article is dated October 25th um, uh, from Israel 365 News. Uh, The title of the article is Trump says Saudi Arabia next in line for peace with Israel, leading to potential end of days Temple Mount showdown. Now, the problem that I'm having, yes. just as I'm looking at this article on, on face value, yes. is back in September 23rd, Right, we talked about another article on this show yes. from Israel National News. Right, It says, Saudis reject a deal with Israel, but push outreach to the Jews. So what's happened between September 23rd and October 25th? Yeah, well, you know, again, President Trump. I mean, again... What the, so that's him behind the scenes he, making... Absolutely, okay. and again, you're talking now, again, Greg, uh, reports are coming out now, These, it just, I guess today I was reading, he's selling this huge number of F-35s to Saudi Arabia. Here's what's happening. I thought we weren't going to sell those to anybody, wow. Well, okay. we are, it looks like we are, now here's the thing, let me double check that it was Saudi Arabia before I, I'll go back and double check. Well, I can't sure imagine it would be any other Middle Eastern country other than Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but the bottom line is, here's what's happening. The president, in order to get these countries to agree to a peace deal with Israel, is offering them big carrots. And part of that is 24-karat gold. That is, it'll help your economy because we're going to you know, help you grow and link with all these other nations. But he's also prom- promising them weapons and arms. And they're getting some weapons and arms from us. So that's the, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. But that's part of what's going on here. It may be a bad thing. But either way, I believe because of all the gifts that are being given, they're giving in and saying we need to do this. Now, in addition, remember, Saudi Arabia has always been one, if you're playing tug of war in the Middle East, that being a Sunni nation... And Iran being Shia, which are two fighting factions in Islam. They hate each other just about as much as either one hates the Jews. Right, right. and I Iran has the power to defeat Saudi Arabia. Yes. Saudi Arabia knows that. But without us standing We've there. been protecting yeah. Now, yeah. but I'm saying that means when they, in that tug of war, we're saying, guys, look, we're the ones protecting you. We're on your side, and you've got an enemy that wants to destroy you. If you'll go along with this, and we'll throw in some military might, we'll mm-hmm. throw in some, like, they don't need the economy, but we'll throw the military right, yeah. might in then why don't you at least agree to something? And what he got him to agree to was, we'll temporarily do a temporary agreement, and, and Saudi Arabia hadn't done it yet, but they're discussing a temporary thing, just like the other nations that did it, meaning you don't do anything more in the land, don't annex any land, stay where you are at least for two or three, four years, while we can all think out loud, and then we'll agree to this temporary peace. So it's kind of this tenuous, in place, kind of holding this, and it's very wise. You look from, from President Trump's viewpoint, Greg, very wise. Is it a long-term plan for success? Not at this point. 
But what it says is, look, I'm a leader getting things done. I'm making things happen in the Middle East that nobody else could do. Maybe it's sleight of hand to some degree because it's not totally a full package. But nobody else has been able to do what he's done right now. So the change here is in them doing this, Greg, if you ask what's the difference, the difference is, um, if, you know, is, is basically some of the military agreements and some of the tug of war going on between fighting factions in the Middle East. Again, the, the article says, well, with only a few days remaining until the elections, President Trump announced yet another unprecedented deal normalizing relations with Israel and the former enemy. One rabbi describes how these agreements are bringing closer to the end of days between the sons of Keturah and the Jews. Now, Saudi Arabia is made up also of pure Arabs, which are sons of Ishmael, but also sons of Keturah are in that region, which were Abraham when he got remarried. He had some children, and they're also in that region. So it's this mixture of sons of Keturah, um, you know, and the sons of, of Ishmael, um, you know, kind of, guess, sons of anarchy might be a great way. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a show called that. Yeah, yeah, I guess there is. But either way, and according to the Midrash, it doesn't work out the way as you might expect. Not I'll get into the Midrash. The Midrash is not the word of God. But there's some prophecies, end quote, in the Midrash about the sons of Keturah making peace with Israel and all this kind of stuff. And so the bottom line is, um, it goes on, as says, Trump announced that there are currently five more countries that will be announcing agreements soon. A huge, with the word huge capitalized, win today for the United States and for the and peace in the world. Sudan has agreed to normalization with Israel, with the United Arab Emirates uh, and Bahrain. Three Arab countries, more to follow, he said. Uh, we have many countries, as you know, getting ready, and I'm also sure you'll see also we have Saudi Arabia in there very soon. Now, that's going to shock everybody if that happens. I really believe it will happen. And we have very good relations with Saudi Arabia. You'll see something very special. This is very special. Um, and so he didn't rule out a similar agreement that would include Iran. He even said, we'll let Iran in on this if they'll just agree, if they'll lay down their nuclear weapons and stop their terrorism and genocide. I mean, he's like, I don't hate you. Just quit doing killing everybody. We'll let you be a part of this. He says, whoever's cheering that this is a great statement. I quote, whoever's cheering death to Israel cannot obtain nuclear weapons, he said. I would like to help Iran and return it to its current course, but they must abandon nuclear weapons. And then Rabbi Winston, this rabbi that's using the Midrash and other things, which I don't agree with because he's an unbeliever. And of course, the Midrash is not the word of God. These are Jewish commentaries and writings. But he said this, the Abraham Accords are presenting an unprecedented reality. And that's this. Jews and Arabs praying side by side on the Temple Mount. He believes this is opening the door for everybody to come on the Temple Mount and pray together, which, of course, leads to the third temple, which, of course, is prophetic. And that is going to happen because that is in the word of God. Absolutely. All right. One world government news. Got a couple of things here. Uh, the first one is from APnews.com. This is dated October 22nd. According to Russian President Vladimir Putin, a Russia-China military alliance cannot be ruled out. Yeah, this is interesting because, again, China's not going to be joining in with Russia when they do their invasion. But, Greg, there are indications that China is going to be bringing uh, uh, an army in in the last days during the Great Tribulation. The majority of Russia's army will be wiped out, whether or not they'll be connected. But I do see a link here because the enemies of God, so to speak, nationally coming together. We have true believers in Russia and China, many of them. But as a nation and their leadership, they're enemies of God. And so it makes it interesting, uh, just in a lot of prophecy. Again, um, Putin's statement, he, you know, he said there's no need for a Russian-China alliance now, but ho- maybe in the future. His statement signaled deepening ties between Moscow and Beijing amid growing tensions in their relations with the United States. The Russian leader also made a strong call for extending the last remaining arms control pact between Moscow and Washington. Asked during a video conference with the International Foreign Policy of Experts Thursday, uh, Putin replied, we don't need... We don't need an alliance between Moscow and, and Russia, theoretically, but it's quite possible to imagine it. Uh, the, again, the Kremlin initially resisted Washington's demand to, to – to, well, let me go with the START Treaty. Russia said, hey, we need to do some new agreements with America because we've been dropping those agreements because Russia broke them. And so the Kremlin, uh, again, said, you know, we think we need to have these, but the thing is they're not keeping their end of it up. Russia offered to extend the pact. Without any conditions, while the Trump administration initially insisted that it could only be renewed, that is the the START Treaty of Weapons, uh, nuclear weapons, if China agreed to join. So he wants China and Russia to say, we will do it. We will limit our nuclear weapons, all of us together, and we'll do that. And it says Kremlin initially resisted that demand, but they shifted this week with the Russian foreign minister stating that Moscow can accept a freeze on warheads, which is what it would be with a, a START Treaty. If the U.S. agrees to put forward no additional demands. So, again, the bottom line is Russia is the one to watch. Iran is the one to watch. 
China, I think, probably during the Great Tribulation, the Bible talks about a 200 million man army coming against the Antichrist toward Jerusalem in, the, in those days. And there is no other army, Greg, I don't think, on the earth that has a 200 million man army. China does. Mm-hmm. So they are going to come into play, it would appear, in the end. This is just interesting to see Satan stirring all these partners together as we head toward that confrontation. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark, our uh, next article in this category for One World Government really highlights Matthew 24 and where Matthew 24 talks about kingdom versus kingdom, talking about uh, leaders against leaders or countries against countries. Um, And this one from the Washington Post highlighting an ongoing feud between uh, French President Macron and Turkish President Erdogan is a fight, apparently, according to this article, that both leaders want. Yeah, this is interesting here to watch what's happening, Greg. You know, again, France right now is in the midst of a real conflict with uh, the Muslim community. Um, Once again, um, the religion of peace broke into a church and cut people's heads off. And that happened here in the last couple of days. There were They tried to cut the heads off of three people. Two of them, they did get their heads cut off. One of them uh, escaped and eventually died later. We know there was a teacher right before that if, in a classroom yes. that somebody else, a Muslim, came in because they were saying things against Muhammad. They, they were, the, the, the teacher apparently was showing caricatures of Muhammad, yeah. and that's what triggered it. Yeah, and so there are real tensions there. France is saying, enough of this. We don't want this kind of terrorism in our nation. The problem is France opened the door and allowed all the immigrants in. Look, not every Muslim is, is going to do that, and certainly not every person from the Middle East is a terrorist. We're not saying that. But that's mostly where they are. That's where you find them, and they're intermingled. And so when you let them in in large numbers, you're going to have a certain percentage. I mean, it only takes one to cut somebody's head off. Uh, So you you talk about percentages of what's going on here. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Now, let's back up a little bit before we get into this, this other issue, because... There's an issue between Erdogan and Turkey and France with Macron uh, because of Syria as well. It, when World War II ended, France was over Syria. They're the ones that were the kind of the controlling, governing factors over that region until they handed it over to what we call today the Syrians. And so when all this tension started coming between Erdogan and Syria, then all of a sudden you see France getting back involved, kind of like saying, hey, I'm still the older brother here involved in this. I want to be involved and do this and do that. And so tensions start building between Erdogan and Macron. At the same time, you've got the Muslim community, again, the radicals there rising up and killing people there in France, bringing terrorism since they've been and they've been doing that since they've really migrated into France in greater numbers. And so, again, you're seeing this tension building. But, Greg, it goes back to Matthew 24, where the Bible says, you'll see in the last days, Jesus said, kingdom will rise against kingdom, and, uh, you know, and ethnos against ethnos. Um, so, again, the kingdom against kingdom, you're talking about nations against each other. Uh, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. But the word nation really is the word ethnos. You have both. Right. You have nations against each other, kingdoms, and then you have these individuals in the sense of groupings. And we've used it before watching some of the uh, racial tensions that we have here in America between black and white. And we talked about that in a lot of that. The Lord said in the last days, you're going to see more racial tensions if you want to put it in that category. But it's really not racial. There's only one race, the the human race. But it puts it in just because that's the language that we use that gives it an understanding. It's talking about uh, tribal tension or ethnic tension. Okay. now, when we think of that in America, we typically think black and white. But it's all over the world and it's not always just black and white. Again, you've got Jew and Arab in the Middle East, and now you've got French and Arab or French and Middle Eastern at the same time. So this is what Jesus talked about in the last days, ethnos against ethnos or nation against nation in Matthew 24. You're seeing it happen here in America. You're seeing it happen with the Jews and and the Arabs in the Middle East. You're seeing it happen now with France in the Middle East. So this is going to be increasing more and more around the globe as we get closer to the end. But we understand what it is. We know that it's uh, the Lord predicted it, and it's the enemy stirring things between mankind. I I think what's interesting in the article, Pastor Mark, it talked about, it used the phrasing that the two world leaders have been locking horns. Isn't that interesting? And it just, (laughs) and it made me think about, you know, when Revelation, when it talks about the the ten horns, uh, or basically the the ten regions of the world that, that, you know, will comprise that one world uh, government, yeah, uh, and not to say that Turkey is going to be a horn, you know, right. in in France. No, no, no. It's probably all of Europe will 
be a horn, so to speak, or yeah. that in a region. Yeah. But just the phraseology when you're talking about world leaders, because it, because the the prophecy is talking about world leaders and the horns, yeah. and that three will get pulled down yeah. by the little horn, that's right, which, which we is, know prophetically is, is the, the Antichrist. Antichrist. That's right. So anyway, yeah, just yeah. very, very interesting. It is very interesting. Keep your eyes on yes. it. Yes. All right, a couple of uh, articles for the church today. Uh, the first one is really a um, it's an opinion article, but it's it's touching on some Christian principles, some biblical principles that we need to address. Yes, and it's from a website called DesiringGod.org. It's dated October twenty second, and the title of the article is "Policies, Persons, and Paths to Ruin." Uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we editorialize the opinion article? Yeah. Now uh, uh, policies. Um, I, I don't have that article. You don't have that article. I do not have that policies, article. Policies, persons, and paths. I don't know why I didn't get that article. I have two because, left. And- because that was what we talked about whether we were going to have it or not, <laughs> and so you deleted it. That's I my guess, guess I did. That's my guess. I'm so sorry. We're That's on okay. the air. Busted on the air. Read Bust some of it to us, air. and let's talk about it. You read it. Go it ahead. Will, well, you you want to know? Uh, you know, I've only got the first page, but I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read this. Maybe this one paragraph will be enough. Uh, well, actually, I'll just read this first part because it's not that long. This article is probably as close as you will get to an answer on how, how I will vote in the upcoming presidential election. That's right. Uh, nothing I say here is intended to dictate how anyone else should vote, but rather to point to a perspective that seems to be neglected. Yes, this persu- perspective sways my vote, but you need not be sinning if you weigh matters differently. Actually, this is a long overdue article attempting to explain why I remain baffled that so many Christians consider the sins of unrepentant sexual immorality unrepentant boastfulness, unrepentant vulgarity, unrepentant fascistness, or I think think that's what it says, and the like, to only be toxic for our nation, while policies that endorse baby killing, sex switching, freedom limiting, and socialistic overreach are viewed is deadly. Yeah, I remember the. If you just said, "Hey, this is about Sorry. the whole voting thing," but, that, but, I, that, but that's yeah, that's important. And well, yeah, it is important. And again, I didn't plan on reading all the article. That's yep. why I didn't recall it back up. But I couldn't remember what the subject was until you reminded me because I did read the article. And here's the deal: there are some very prominent uh, pastors and teachers that are coming out and saying Christians should not vote at all. Now, here's why they're saying that. Um, and the writer of this particular article. Uh, I'll just don't care to say it. John Piper. I said I'm going to say it, but I'll say it. John Piper wrote this article saying, here's the bottom line. Christians should not vote. And he's saying we shouldn't vote. And and really, it's more of we shouldn't vote for either of these candidates. Not that Christians should never vote. He didn't say that. But he said we can't vote for uh, Joe Biden because he's for he's for killing babies. He's for, uh, again, again, same sex marriage and gender confusion, all these things that are anti-biblical. He's anti-Israel, all these things. He said, but at the same time, we can't vote for President Trump because his personality is not good. And he's done. He's had sexual morality and all these things. So it's almost as if they're saying, "I could not, Greg. I couldn't disagree with these pastors more vehemently. I think they're in great error here. And the reason I say that is because they're basing this argument on we're supposed to judge our president by whether or not he's a good person or not. Certainly, you want your president to be a good person. But what we have to look at is much larger than that. We have to look at what are their platforms and what are their policies." And the platforms and policies are what make everything important. Let me just give you kind of a rundown and show you. are exactly right. There's no comparison as to somebody's personality and maybe unrepentant sin as to killing babies. And to me, I'm shocked that that would even be made as a comparison. Listen, this is the liberal platform this year. The liberal platform, their official platform, okay? They're anti-God in their official stance at their national conventions and gatherings. They openly stated the last two national conventions, they didn't want God to be any part of it. That was their official platform. Secondly... The liberal stance said they were anti-God on biblical gender issues as God created in Genesis. So they rejected God's word and what he said and replaced it with their own. Thirdly, they're anti-Israel as a party. They're standing against the development of Israel and the expanding of land in Israel. When it says in Genesis 12, 3, that God will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. And they're pro-abortion or the killing of babies. And now, again, even Greg's saying they're going to make it, if they win the election, they're going to make it legal to kill babies all the way up until birth. 
And then they're going to reinstitute what's called the Hyde Amendment, which allows you to not only kill them up to birth, but use taxpayer money, which means we'd be paying for those killings. Now, that's the liberal side of their platform. I'm just telling, look, and by the way, let me say this. this. I'm not including politics here. This is strictly the biblical and moral platform of the liberal side. There's no politics. We're not talking taxes. We're not talking roadways. We're talking just the biblical. We're talking about stated positions. This is stated positions in light of biblical and moral stands. Okay. Now, let's look at the conservative platform in light of biblical and moral positions. Nothing political, just biblical and moral. They're pro-God. They said at their convention they want God to be a part of their party. They're pro-biblical gender stance. They believe that a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Thirdly, they're very pro-Israel, which is God's command. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And the last biblical moral stand, they're anti-abortion or anti-killing babies at any age. Not just up till birth, but at any age, which is also God's command. And so um, the bottom line is, is that when you look at this from a, just a biblical moral stand, there really isn't a choice that a Christian should be making. I, that may sound radical, but how, what choice is there to be made to stand with a group that's saying they're going to do all these terrible things and a group that doesn't? Now, here's the problem. The reason people don't like the, our current president is because they don't like his personality. So here's the appeal I would make to those out there that are saying, well, I simply won't vote at all, like John Piper and some of these other you know, pastors are coming out publicly and saying, I'm not revealing some secret. It's a national article. He's writing to the church very openly or whatever. And they say, well, I'm not going to vote for the liberal side because they have all these anti-God positions. And I can't vote for the conservative side because I just don't like the president. I don't like his personality. I don't like the way he talks, blah, blah. He has unrepentant sin from the past. He's not a believer, friends. And if he is, he needs to repent and we need to pray for that. But that's not the issue here. The issue is, here's my appeal to you. Don't let someone's personality stop you from doing what's right. Don't let a personality stop you from fighting against an anti-God group who agrees with lifestyles that God calls an abomination, who fights against Israel when God says to bless them, and who are killing our babies. These are not political issues. None of those. These are biblical and moral issues that the Bible addresses and we have to address as Christians. So my appeal to you is don't realize this. You're going to have to give account to God for who you side with one day. Did you stand with God? The people that stood with God or stand with those who stood against God? That's the bottom line. And this is, I mean, it's, and also for those of you that would say, well, I'm not going to vote at all. You know, again. That's bearing your talent. God has given you a limited amount of power to save babies. To stand with Israel. To stand with God. And if you say, I'm not going to use that. It is a lot like the parable of the talent. Remember, God gave certain ability and power to his servants, and he said he went away, and some took their talent, and they buried it and said, well, Lord, I didn't know what to do. I knew you were a fierce God, and I just didn't do anything. And he said, you wicked servant. He said, I gave you the ability to at least invest it. You could have at least put it in the bank and gotten interest. I strongly encourage our listeners out there, listen, lay aside politics, lay aside emotions, lay aside social agendas. Stick with the Bible. Find out. Don't even worry about the personalities of the candidates. That's not what this is about. This is about saving babies' lives. And I'm not about to let the personality of someone who might even be an active sinner, if he's going to try to stop these babies from being killed and the other one is promoting the killing of these babies, I've got to stand with the one that's going to fight for these little babies. The Bible says be a voice for the voiceless defend those who cannot defend themselves and the only power we have in this particular realm is to vote i strongly encourage you vote and look at the one that is standing with god even if they don't know god and even if they're evil god uses evil people if you believe that our president's even not even righteous God used Nebuchadnezzar, which was a man that was was chopping people up and burning their homes down. God said, Nebuchadnezzar's my servant. And God used Nebuchadnezzar, a non-Jew, a wicked person. And God said, I put him there. Come under his authority and let me do what I'm going to do. So I make an appeal. Don't sit back and do nothing. I truly believe God's going to hold us accountable in this generation for whether or not we made a stand for these babies. And I think it's more than making a vocal stand. We've got to use the talent that we have, the power that we have to say, you know what? This has got to stop. I will be a voice for the voiceless. I'll be a vote for the voteless. And we need to step up and fight for them. Yeah, that's a 
great way to look at that, Pastor Mark. Yeah. Wow. So Okay. So next Friday, I don't know if we're going to know what the outcome of the election is. Yeah. Here's the one thing that we do know, folks. Regardless of who gets elected, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Yes. He's still sovereign over all. Nothing happens without his approval. He loves you, and he will protect you and cover you as you abide in him, meaning stay underneath his wings and stay close to him. Uh, because prophecy is true. We're seeing it come to fruition right before our very eyes. And we'll no doubt have more prophecies to talk about as the news rolls on next week as we look at more signs of the times right here on WIAM. Have a great weekend. than your dreams, wiser than your best decision, more loving than anyone you know. This is God's claim. He's famous because there's no one like him. While he is superior in every way, he came to rescue you. He never calls you inferior, but he does call you a masterpiece and someone worth working on. And if you feel grateful, join us in thanking God for being God. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way.